Greetings. I'm Curtis Joseph. This is In Depth. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker hit theaters last month during the holiday season. It was number one in its first weekend, and at this point is probably hitting $800 million as we speak. Knowing that it was the ninth and final episode of the Skywalker saga, as Disney has named it, it's amazing that the franchise is 42 and a half years old, hitting 43 this May. And that being said, the culture of Star Wars has changed over the last four and a half decades. I grew up with it. I remember when I was nine years old, uh, Return of the Jedi was the first movie I ever saw. And it left an indelible mark on me. Granted, I wasn't in that part of the generation to see um, Star Wars A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. But from what I've done my deep research long back in time and looking at it, those two movies had an indelible mark on that generation. Now, as we move forward and with the great success of The Mandalorian, um, the child, quote-unquote, Baby Yoda knowing that that little character will be given a name this fall when Disney Plus hits uh, drops the second season out um, for the many viewers that have been watching the show. I, as one, have yet to watch it. Um, but that being said, the culture of Star Wars is not what it used to be, because, as I've been looking at it, because I follow pundits on YouTube, and I've seen what they've talked about, and I... And I Take it with a grain of salt what they say, and I respect it. But it's been very divided in terms of the expectations of what films can't be anymore in terms of how they were first presented, in terms of that lightning in a bottle. As we all know, the lightning in the bottle is a cliche form of saying that basically that once in a blue moon generational thing that comes around and hits us hard in that moment for that generation it's very hard to recreate that again in for a new generation. So like say for like Harry Potter franchise is not the same like the Hunger Games series or the Twilight series. Granted, those latter two, could they be recreated again? Possibly with gender swaps, um, a different storyline, but still interwoven into that type of universe world building with Harry Potter yes JK Rowling can always continue writing new books for different characters that never gave prominence in her main stories surrounding Harry Hermione and Ron but when it comes to Star Wars and its unique broad world you can't really compare it to Harry Potter you can't compare it to the uh, Hunger Games. You can't compare it to Twilight. You can't compare it to um, the Divergence series. The way things have gone, even with the last year that happened with Star Wars, with the epic fail of the Disney parks being epic that it didn't really relate to the older generation or even to... When I say the older generation, I mean the original trilogy fans and to the prequel fans. Everything was garnered towards, or focused towards, basically, to the new generation trying to relate to Rey, Poe Dameron, and Finn. 
Now, as a fan of Star Wars and understanding the culture of it, in my point of view, seeing it at how it is, is that, that yeah, the lightning in a bottle, yes, it comes once in a blue moon. When the original trilogy came out, I was so very young that basically I missed out on a lot on it. When the sequel, uh, when the prequels trilogies came out, I saw it in succession one by one in the Cineplex theaters, and for the most part, I kind of liked number two. I mean, I liked number one, and I kind of liked number two. It didn't stick too much to me. I know I bought the soundtracks for each one of the three films, but when number three came around in 2005, I I liked it because it was the best. There was an arc, there was an evolution process from the first film all the way to the third film. Now, hearing so many bad stories about how this sequel trilogy was not, from the get-go, had any building process. Yes, we've missed out on so many nuances, so many seconds, minutes, and hours that were put into it, that that was put into the public eye, that was said to be done and not done, so much uh, divided conversations that took place, what have you. And it's strange that basically, uh, seeing myself on the creative side, that basically of like as a writer and photographer and a voice actor, that, um, or aspiring voice actor, sorry, that, um, <laughs> that basically when I look at it as a fan, and I mean, I, I went and studied television and radio broadcasting at the National Institute of Broadcasting, but that was years back. Um, but that being said, um, understanding the professional aspects of it in terms of like when it comes to filmmaking um, on my own and, and educating myself and taking courses on it, I find that basically, yeah, the, the aesthetics of filmmaking has changed in terms of the technological aspect of it. And yes, with the streaming services like Hulu and Netflix and Amazon where... Um, writing has gotten so much better because i mean like i was a person i used to watch the used to watch the walking dead and i heavily got into watching the uh the show mad men knowing that i i wasn't born in that decade i my brother and sister were um and they're like nine and eight years older than me but i mean like amc brought up quality shows that were well and and yes the streaming services are bringing out high quality shows and those shows and their high quality of writing is surpassing the films that had that quality back in the 70s uh yeah the 80s and then the independent decade of the 90s and then you know spurts in there and the the, the double o's of the 2000s and as we are in at the neck end of the 2010s um Yes, again, as I said in my previous podcast, uh, we're at the last end of the decade of uh, the 2010s because 2019 did not end uh, the 2010s, unfortunately. Uh, it's the 2020s. It's just, it's just weird that, um, just like the Gregorian calendar, or uh, it's weird that the Western culture, but hey, you don't have to take my word for it. That's just basically uh, how it is in the, uh, throughout some general consensus that basically that's how it is, but you know, I'm just saying that. But as I but as I say this, basically the high quality of writing is towards television, and it's not to say that it can't be for film, but it's far and few between. The mechanics, the the, the organic state of filmmaking is so different to television creation. 
the time and effort that's put into it and the people that are involved, the people that dip out of it based on schedule. Like, I mean, I, I actually personally think that, that and professionally that, yes, there's a higher rate of creative differences in tele, uh, sorry, not television, but filmmaking when it comes to, um, yeah, creative differences, but also schedule conflicts and people dipping in and out. Not to say that it doesn't happen in television, but it, it seems to happen at a rapid rate with film. Because you're taking a long more time, you're taking a longer time to create this project. Granted that there are reshoots, and um, depending on what it is, I mean, it's not like productions are not how it was when the Lord of the Rings came out. And that's interesting. I wanted to bring also is that with Star Wars, basically with the rise of Skywalker, this could have been done, um, and it, um, I mean, this film could have been done basically in a three-year window just like how george lucas had done his you know or set up his original films like especially like the prequel trilogy and even how the original trilogy was even though he directed star wars and then added the subtitle a new hope around the first um like a couple of years after the film's release basically to make it episodic but the culture of star wars and it's just to the fandom and how it is now and how that the fact is, is that basically it is turned into where fans believe, and, and justly stuff, so, I'm not going to knock anybody down for it, feel, I mean, there is a sector of fans that feel that they have the rights and have license to say what should be in a film. Now, when I say that, what I mean is that basically that you, it's like I understand too, is that basically you want that same lightning in a bottle that that magic that made it so enigmatic it made it so um indelible that basically yes it was a major event and it's not to say in our times that these type of films can't be major events but it comes down to who's behind it in the create like on the creative side the studio heads can they come together and work on something that basically yes uh, yeah you want to make your money back but at the same time too what's what's not happening as much anymore is the uh, is taking risk there's a lot of risk aversion now yes i could be one talking to you and sound like an armchair quarterback but i see it from both sides for myself personally as an individual yet i am not separated from anybody else out there like yourself who is listening to me you know are the people we don't know yet or we have yet to meet and it's interesting that basically the the right of way of basically of yeah using social media uh whatever the platform it is and being vitriol to those that basically dead and didn't give fans what they wanted especially in this last film of the rise of skywalker and seeing everything that's been rehashed from based on the original trilogy it's sad that basically that's become the narrative of um uh, no new creation no like it is true that basically nothing is truly original anymore i'm not just saying that it's been like that for a very long time it, there's always going to be new creations adopted off old mythos and other stuff either paying slightly homage to it or paying great homage to it but at the same time it's identified through different characters a different world building but also too who there's still who those filmmakers are speaking to and in, in anything at all when you're when we're all watching films 
and it speaks out and it speaks out into the pop culture generation societal and culturally that when it goes to comic cons and it's in comic book stores or what have you it, there's an inclusion it's not it's never a case where basically you walk into these places and say hey you don't belong you don't you don't no it's not that it's basically it's your choice right do you feel a connection to these people because anything at all in terms of storytelling is that we do see ourselves through these characters in terms of their their um, their journey depending on what it is now um, it's interesting that basically when you go to comic cons because I personally have gone and here in Toronto, going to Fan Expo, it's, yes, it's not comparable to the San Diego Comic-Con. I can really imagine what that's like. But I mean, like, hey, we we got our fair share of that inclusion as well, where basically you, you, you meet a large community that, that would have got shunned back in the early 80s, you know? Like the early, like, the, you know, the, like, you know, maybe the first two years of the 1990s. Right until it started to really rampant up in the mid, you know, around the mid um, um, the mid nineties. But that being said, um, the culture of Star Wars and where it's going to go now, knowing that there's going to be a show with the Obi Wan series, which I'm greatly looking forward to seeing you and McGregor reprise his role as a role as Obi Wan Kenobi from the prequel trilogies, and seeing. Um, as I hope to catch up on basically the Mandalorian season one and and getting and gearing up to seeing season two, that it's interesting that basically there are going to be comic books issued out um, for hopefully enough for the new characters. I've heard that basically that, that there might be a possibility for a Rose Tico show, but that's just in the wings. I don't really follow too much on the gossip. I don't. I really believe more on the official news when it does come out because that's better. You, you you're going in cold. Yeah, you do your research to find out basically what the synopsis is going to be, who's going to be involved in it, in the production side, and basically you go into it with a clear mind and basically be ready for what that world is going to give you and how the stories are going to be told and how that journey is going to be along as you're going with the, along these characters. But it's interesting that uh, with storytelling and how these franchises are out there, especially with Star Wars and how... Um, the stories that, it, especially in this sequel, truly that wasn't presented well. I am not going to fault Disney that the fact is, is that yes, they put four and a half billion dollars into buying this pro this franchise from George Lucas, and some from 2012. And as they were trying to uh, create new stories with new characters and pay homage to the old characters, and yes, it's true, it is about passing the baton, passing the torch. And yes, it's true that that's that, you know, the first film should have been a Paton Pass where you had Han Solo, Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, Chewbacca, C-3PO, R2-D2 having prominent roles in these films and carry and carrying off the torch towards this maybe the second film, half of the second film, where you know the new characters like Finn, Poe, and Rey. Um, had indelible roles, and even Captain Phasma, who didn't really give much attention to her character, uh, Gwendolyn Christie's character. It's very sad that her character, when you looked at the original um, sorry, the original trailer for um, The Force Awakens, she looked menacing to me. She looked amazing. You you could only imagine her being a captain. I didn't. I personally didn't care that she was a female captain. The fact is that this is a new character, and 
you wonder where she what is her history because i always always found that when you're watching film or you're watching a television show or you're reading a book there's always with anything the environment the small to larger characters they all have stories to tell but granted in our culture in terms of how the narrative is being brought about and justly so when a franchise broke there's always pivotal characters we that that is presented based on who's writing it right the story and how it's published and yes there are side stories that are that are granted that's true that you have novels that is focusing on one character and i know i remember with captain phasma it, there was a book called star wars phasma and this book was before uh, happens before the force awakens and it tells about how she is and it's interesting that yes she got her due justice in that book but it's unfortunate basically it does not translate over to the film because you know nothing about her at all and she's barely in the film of the force awakens and she you know rightfully so got <laughs> you know enveloped by you know a good gulp of flame um by finn's character john boyega's character finn but um yeah it's interesting that basically this sequel trilogy that was named the skywalker saga as you look at it when i personally watched the film um the saturday of of the weekend that it uh, the film opened up i personally felt hollow at the end of watching the film because it was like retreading luke's skywalker's character I mean, Mark Hamill's character, Luke Skywalker, watching the twin sons, twin sons and hearing the binary John Williams theme playing. And But in his case, Luke was wondering where his place was in the universe. And at the same time, what harks in that very moment is that when you get to the Empire Strikes Back, Yoda was already basically in the Force seeing Luke in that moment look at the binary sons and then luke becomes aware of that in the empire strikes back where yoda says always oh, uh, luke's uh, mind is like never his mind on where he was what he was doing like always being a pro in the moment that's like a quote that's like a thing from uh qui-gon jinn's character uh, liam neeson's uh, character qui-gon jinn in uh, the phantom menace saying to obi-wan that he should be mindful of the the living uh, uh, force, which is um, which is now, basically, instead of the unified force, which basically Yoda always focused on. But that being said, uh, the culture of Star Wars as a whole, when it comes to our real world and where it's at and where it's going, like it has the potential. I remember I um, I wrote a letter to Robert Meyer Burnett's channel, the Burnett Network, and in my first letter. I wrote to him, and as you read it, and it was, um, I believe it was episode, yeah, show number 283. And I'm just saying that if you guys are ever curious about that, it's just the fact is it takes a bit of time to get into a show because the show's usually like two hours. But that being said, I remember I wrote a letter to him, my first letter I wrote to him, and it was interesting that basically that in that part, it's about how, how, how it is and where it's going and how the franchise is going to be. It's strange enough that, you know, we can only have, we can only play such a part in those films when it, like as far as the franchise is concerned, when it comes to the fandom ship. Yes, we can do fan films, we can um, go to the conventions, we can join the 501 Legion, 
right? Which is like in cosplay, but to a higher degree in a sense, basically. But that's like charitable, going to charitable works, possibly being part of the films. Like, you know, I've heard, well, I've actually heard, I mean, I actually it's been true that basically the 501 Legion in the United States, I don't know what part of state that did, was a part of, I'm assuming it's California, but um, they got to be a part of uh, an episode of The Mandalorian, basically, as, as, as original Imperial Troopers. And that's brilliant. That's fantastic. So I, I'm actually looking forward to that actual episode. Um, if anybody's actually seen The Mandalorian or is interested in Star Wars. Um, but when it comes to these films, it's basically, yeah, we, we do have a say, basically voting with our wallet, voting, you know, with our time, the investment that we make, because we're always giving our time to things that we want to be, we entertain, we want to be invested in. And yeah, like I mean, I put myself in this boat. But yeah, we can complain and get upset about the content that we're presented with. But at the end of the day, it's like it's and it's, it's unfortunate that we have this in our world that the yes, we get tethered to things. But at the end of the day, we step back in that third view. So what I mean is, is that basically when we're all, when we're viewing things and we're reading stuff, we view we view whatever it's visual and audio. The visual and audio combined at the same time, or we're reading a book, or or we're watching people, is that three state of perception of like one, we're there, we're lost in the moment of basically watching what we're viewing and hearing what is being given back, right? So that's that one individual. Then the second one is that we're watching that individual that is us experiencing that moment. So it's a twofold experience. And then when you step back a, th a third uh, third ways is that you're watching yourself, watching your other self, watching the one within that moment of that being contained and in and being in encapsulated by that world that we're lost in. And exactly how it is when we're watching movies until we pull ourselves back. And it's like that camera shot looking into the viewfinder and like, hey. I gotta step back and realize that yeah, I'm engrossed in this thing, but it's so fantastic. When, what, depending on what that project is, what that content is that we're we're enthralled by, that we're amazed by, and and it, and 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 as kids, basically when we're young, well, yeah, we don't think about that. We think about like how can we be a part of that world? How can we engage in that? How can we be a part of that? You know, like in terms of that, in that moment, until we get those toys. And then it's like, hey, we're a part of it. We enjoy it. It's like, like, mom, dad, like, could you buy me the next, you know, Han Solo figure or Indiana Jones figure or Wuzzles or My Pet Monsters or, you know, or G.I. Joe or Mask or Thundercats or T-Man or she you know, anything like that that's in the pop culture that's been that, that, that had an indelible mark back in the 80s and 90s and it's carried over into this new generation that it, to me when i look at it it's basically is just it is a rehash but i mean it's great that this new generation is getting something that they didn't that the previous generations experienced in television that's straight that's trying to be done right now but it's not the it's being done with the same quality yes the visual effects are a lot better in the illustrations by the artists but it's not the same lightning in the bottle it's different it's like a maybe like a small lightning in a bottle within a thimble. I mean, a small lightning within a thimble, basically. Um, but that being said, uh, I mean, I I can't. I'm not mad at Star. I'm not mad that the fact is what Disney did. They have to make their money back. 
and the culture of Star Wars, which <clears throat> it's good because, I mean, it's been brought to a new generation. So there's like three different generations of Star Wars now in terms of um, the social class of basically people who come to enjoy it, right? You can't really, I mean, yeah, I, I, it sounds like I'm saying talking about gentrification, and, and yeah, in some way it is, but I mean, it really isn't. I mean, because Star Wars is always, always about inclusion. Yes, it started off as being a children's film, but yes, again, which is obviously true, George Lucas didn't really know what his franchise was going to, was when it blew up after A New Hope came out. Originally, knowing it back in 1977, it was just named Star Wars. It was only named A New Hope, like a few years, like three years, three years later, actually. And then The Empire Strikes Back came out, and it was bigger than the first film. And then when Return of the Jedi came out, it, it was a smaller story, but it concluded the Skywalker story regarding that time. And then when the prequels came out, it was about Anakin. So original trilogy was about Luke Skywalker and his journey. The prequels were about Anakin Skywalker. This sequel trilogy was really about Finn, Poe, and Rey, but granted they weren't given their due justice based on the writing of the quality of the characters. And it was no fault of the actors John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, or Oscar Isaac. It's just the fact that the, the time should have been given where these films should have been spaced out three years. It would not have hurt the industry if, I mean, you know, because if anybody's really hankering for Star Wars, as far as the fandom is concerned, the fans could have waited. And the new fans would have really been given the same chance that the two other tr uh, previous uh, trilogies uh, uh, um, uh, was given to the original, uh, to given to these fans, three years apart. And that would have worked in Disney's favor. I mean, and too, yes, if The Force Awakens did come, like when The Force Awakens did come out, you mean, yes. Does that theme park in California and in Florida? Granted, yes. And, and the quality of writing of the characters were was fully fleshed out in that movie. Granted, in that time space, introducing Finn, Poe, and Rey, and, you know, and the original trilogy characters, that would have been brilliant because you would have had the original, original trilogy characters, as a couple of them, that were in the film, in that park with this with the sequel trilogy characters and then as the films moved on into the second and third film you uh you would be focusing highly more about the um the the new characters but yet having at the same time in those theme parks the original trilogy characters because you would be paying great respect to the original trilogy characters the prequel uh prequel trilogy characters and also the sequel trilogy characters. But knowing how it is now, it's not to say that it cannot be done. Yes, it can be it can be changed. There's there's always hope for that. And, and being hope, hope always translates to manifestation of how things are going to be moving moving presently and moving towards the future. So the culture of Star Wars, I mean, the thing is is that Star Wars is not dead. Star Wars is where I mean I've heard this by from many pundits out there that say that want the film to lose. The thing is, is what's true, which I it's, it's it's greatly disturbing about this. I mean, when I say greatly disturbing to me, it's just unfortunate that it permeates in our society and I, I have a high tolerance rate of basically understanding that for me, but that doesn't make me those who are listening to me doesn't make me better than you guys. 
it isn't you i like i always i was brought up in that way where basically no one's better than you uh and you are not better than them we're always always learning we're always evolving from how we uh we were the next day we're always growing older by a day the next day that comes we're always that learning that we gain is surpassing what we learned previously from the, the you know the the day before the day for, which is yesterday and you know, on the week that has passed in the midst of that we're always learning and and like i said the like the pundits that i've been watching and i greatly respect them on youtube and i and i mean i take it with a grain of salt man because i i mean that's my entertainment when i have that 20 percent spare time to to view their stuff and you know they have a lot to say and i take it with a grain of salt but with my own thoughts uh those spiritually and uh, conventionally you know star wars it's interesting that they say star wars is dead culturally like it's just dead and i remember when i when i left a letter for robert meyer burnett to read on my third letter that i left on um on the burnett network and it was episode 301 i i mentioned about the the rise of skywalker and my viewing of it and it's interesting that basically that this yeah if you're gonna say the sequel trilogy if you're gonna say Star Wars is dead it's guarding it's really regarding the sequel trilogy because it didn't live up to Star Wars like it didn't seem to fit to complete the nine arc episodic vision that George Lucas had because it feels like when you watch it um, as a viewer that it's just completing that sequel trilogy it's not really com doing justice to the original trilogy nor is it doing anything to the prequel trilogy prequel trilogy sorry and it, it's just it's like it, like to do it over again like in maybe in like three years like well, i guess well maybe 10 years time if they if the original actors from the sequel trilogy like you know john boyega daisy ridley and uh poe um sorry uh oscar isaacs wants to be a part of it again it you know the story would have to be further and i remember i was saying to a friend of mine yesterday that um with any new story with any with any new stories that are being written especially if you're writing uh characters that 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 hit the ground running in their world <clears throat> in their world and sorry i just said something in my voice the um um there when you're creating a story basically and you're creating a world or uh, when you when you're creating characters and you're building a world around these characters uh the world has as much right to be there as the characters are within it right and like i said that every character no matter small or big has a story to tell yes and with the, within the construct of the stories you focus on the main characters and you get a side glimpse of the stories unless you um you you have like side like side small uh like short uh novelettes you know or novellas of these stories and you get a better understanding how they fit into this big world of your pivotal main characters your three your three main characters and often in stories you always have the two males and the female character which i always found odd instead of the other way around where it's you know with other way around just to, to mix it up like you have two female characters and one male but hey, that can never happen. You you never know. There will be a write like that. I I I mean I have actually considered that in um, one of the novels I plan to write um, uh, down the road. 
But that being said, I, I just wanted to bring to this attention that, you know, Star Wars isn't dead. I mean, granted, the sequel trilogy, yes, yeah, it that that wrapped up within that 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 world in itself, that package. But it doesn't, to me as a fan, it doesn't equate it. And as, and as, a, as an aspiring filmmaker myself, I mean, and also a voice actor, um, it's interesting that basically that, uh, that when you, when you look at it as whole, well, like Star Wars in its culture and the attention span for things and like, you, we, like, and how things are in the Western world, and how things are given the time of day. Yeah, Star Wars isn't what it, what it used to be. Based on there's just so much content out there, and and granted too, it's like it's granted it's true that basically, yes, it's true that people do want a lightning in a bottle project when it goes because you give people what they they're not expected to given yet. So. We can't like I mean there could be a creator obviously that try to could try to do a new type of uh, world building or character creations of a Harry Potter world but granted in a world that would be considered plagiarism right but um but if it's done right and the characters are vastly different but they have the archetype archetype um uh, presence of those characters but they're so different in personality and motivations intentions so like the three-act structure the setup the, um, the the confrontation and the resolution if it's all different then yes it has a place in our in, in the um, you know in the fictional world of um, the stuff that entertain us in the entertain us in the escape aspects and <clears throat> Granted, too, and then on this topic of the culture of Star Wars, um, how it is personal to both of us, and how we share it with other people, friends, uh, family members, uh, other relatives, to um, to acquaintances, to our significant others, to the people we meet at conventions, or even to the people we work maybe professionally in. These project, these franchises that we never imagined ourselves being a part of, like seriously, but we granted that we pay our dues and we have connections that get us, that get us in there by out of out of our um, hard work and also to connections to these people that 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 there's a co-creation in that that basically that you know um, it, it's interesting that it can happen. There can be change in it. It's not like it is. It, it may. It, 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 we can't. F- we can't fix by edits by by doing something like, they, like I mean with Disney they can do changes with it, uh, with it and try to do a reboot of it in terms of the sequel trilogy and try to fix what they did and they have the chance to do that in the new trilogy. But will they to put put their time and put their pocket, uh, their money into? It? No, because I mean they made their investment back and there's well they're actually they're still making their investment back and that's a fact because if you're putting four point billion into a franchise like such as that to pay for everything uh you are going to do as everything possible to get your money back based on your investment and combined with the four with what what is it now five films that have come out since 2015 disney is half that way because uh, granted it's true that when you invest in films uh for which I've understood because when I've studied in school is that basically that when you're putting money into a production, 
basically, for, which is highly different from television, of course. When you're putting uh, money into a film production, you've got you your production uh, percentage, which is thirty percent, has to be given back to an investment. Like if it's like if it's like basically two million, you want an investment back of thirty percent. You know, granted, maybe forty percent. If it's, you're lucky, if the project is, does hell of a lot, well, fifty percent. So two million, you want, you want fifty, you want another percentage of fifty million, you want another percentage of of fifty percent, you know, to to, to gain back. Because with a, when a well, when it comes to a film, basically, you're supposed to make three times the amount that you put into the production. So like now with marketing, marketing is higher than the actual production cost of in the actual principal photography, right? So, and often enough, the worldwide domestic gross um, doesn't really cover that. It really comes from the international markets to, to uh, combine with the domestic market to speak. But that being said, who knows what the rise of Skywalker is going to mean? I mean, I hope it surpasses The Last Jedi as far as box office is concerned, justifying this film um wrapping up the skywalker saga basically like when i mean skywalker saga basically as disney has touted is basically speaking in the context of how these three films are trying to wrap up all the previous six films um but star wars has the chance i mean star wars like as far as the franchise is concerned culturally how it has affected fans those who have been divided by it those who stayed loyal and true i include myself in that group of it's I mean star wars is an inclusion I mean, it always has been. It's unfortunate, basically, that when you're not when you're not promised what you're given based on what the trailers, because trailers are very deceitful at times, because you see scenes that never give are given to you unless you're lucky enough to see it in the DVD or Blu-ray um, uh, deleted scenes. And and I've heard that basically, and I've and I've seen for myself that Disney has included like deleted scenes on Disney Plus. But I mean, for uh, you probably would have not gotten for um, like like the Avengers, basically like Infinity War and Endgame. Um, but Star Wars has a chance to be a major event again. It just it just depends on how it's going to be handled going forward. And culturally, it doesn't. It needed. It didn't need to divide the fans. It's just unfortunate that it turned out the way it is in terms of that it went into a different direction as far as the second film's concerned. And with the first film, yes, there was pandering service, but I mean, it was great to see the original actors: Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, Kevin, uh, Ken Baker, Pat, uh, Peter Mayhew, all come back. To play these characters after so many years, ill together, but granted, yes, they they were collectively geared, and it's interesting. And if you were to go on the Star Wars website and you look at it, and I remember the, the documentary um, for the Force Awakens, yeah, you get to see that one shot of uh, that was posted up on the, the official Star Wars website of all the all the main cast. Max von Sydow, who only had like five minutes in the first five minutes of the film of The Force Awakens, you see everybody sitting around in a circular shape, a, sphere, uh, a spheric shape, sitting around, waiting, uh, having their, their scripts open, and Mark Hamill reading um, the script from beginning to end as everybody attentively listened 
to how this story was going to open up to a new generation yet to see this film uh going forward you know and i i like the force awakens i mean yes it it, it did retread uh, a new hope but you know what it did have greater different elements when it came to the last jedi it was strange you know it was different and I had hoped that, you know, that there was going to be more expansions. You saw new characters come into it. Some scenes were cut short in terms of their explanations. You would hope they would have been explained in the comic books or, you know, um, side stories. But it, unfortunately, that didn't happen. I mean, yes, you would have gotten a greater length with the novel and, yes, also, too, with the audiobook. Um, but that being said, when it came to The Rise of Skywalker, it, it went... The, I mean, I, I remember I was saying this... Uh, to myself that basically when I was watching the film like it, it took a good 40 minutes for me to get invested into the, to have a real sense of investment in the film because it went at a breakneck speed like which is great which is great because you, you got that feel like from the original trilogy like the first film of, of A New Hope the the massive Star Destroyer uh, flying overhead and you've never seen that in the film before that gravitas that energy that you get from that now like it's, it's like okay we're in the thick of things what the heck is going on here like what is going on and you're into it so like even the empire strikes back had that even the return of the jedi had that you know and and that's great and even like even the prequel trilogies had that as well so when you're when you're in this like, it's amazing that it took the rise of skywalker to get you in the thick of things where you know um Watching, um, you know, The Force Awakens, it took a time. It took a bit. I mean, it, it was there, but, you know, and you knew The Last Jedi as well. But with The Rise of Skywalker and seeing that opening frame of seeing Kylo Ren massacre these villagers in this Force field with that had hue, red and white, uh, red and white hues in it, it was just, it was like almost being in, um, in one of these forces in Europe, like in Germany, that uh, basically that we don't have in North America, uh, like unfortunately enough, like basically these etheric looking forests where basically you go in any diagonal direction, it looks like it's an infinite and, and beautiful to shoot a scene for a short, you know, a short that you would possibly put up on YouTube or you're doing it for a trailer for your 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 novel or you're doing it for uh, or you just want to post it up on Instagram or what have you. But what I'm saying is that basically you were in the thick of things right at that moment watching Kylo Ren basically take down a lot of characters and that was epic looking and you were but again as that 40 minutes was going on at breakneck speed it, like for me and I don't know about anybody else it took 40 minutes to really get a good sense of investment but i uh, but as i say that as i was seeing i was seeing that as a viewer but as i pulled myself back in the second and third perspective from the first person's view um creatively in the third person's viewpoint it was like yeah it was like great but it said we were missing stuff we were missing nuances it, it, it like that's like that's like Someone trying to explain that to you in the third person's uh, second person's perspective, or third person's perspective, and you're hearing it, and you're only getting it by hearsay or taking it, trying to take it off on Wikipedia because you know you're missing the nanoseconds, the seconds, the minutes, you know that are passing. That you're missing so much nuances that you have nothing but yet to get to but to go see 
what you've missed. Because there's so much you're missing in, you know, whether it's watching your television show or a movie, you know, or listening to an audiobook that's giving so much graphic, uh, giving so much grandiose detail that, you know, only but a novel nearly comes to surpass a film because it, you have that space to give greater detail in a story, right? So the culture of Star Wars, like I said, out of all of this, it hasn't, it's not damaged. It's damaged as far as the sequel's trilogy is concerned, as far as the, granted, it wasn't given the time of day, its due diligence to really give breath to the new characters. You know, so we can't really blame the original, the, the actors of Revolt because they were, they had to work with what they were given. Even the original trilogy characters, even if we saw them in blip moments, and it's frankly great. Like uh, one of my favorite character uh, actors is Harrison Ford, and and it was great to see him in a surprising moment when in the Rise of Skywalker that he returned. And a friend said to me, which is why I thank my friend that told me this, that he uh, that he popped up. He did the shoot based on the fact is, and I, and as I say this, I take no credit for this. So as I say this to you guys, because my friend told me this, and I'm surprised, and I thought that probably they retreaded the footage of it. But yeah, Harrison Ford returned for that short moment to complete that scene, and you could tell. And as I sat in and I looked at it, it's like this, like there's no way they actually put, you know, inserted of him based on some deleted scene. It's like it actually really was him. He returned back. To do this scene for you know for a short amount of minute a minute or uh, two minutes or so to complete this little arc even though the character of kylo ren was talking to his father by memory and that's what i got from my perception and not from anybody else as i was sitting in that moment watching the film in the theater that i was watching the character kylo ren talk to his father by, by memory Basically, not some delusion of grandeur, like an illusion. It was like he was talking to the memory of his father, and that was beautiful. And I found that like, that was one of like the pinnacle moments, one of the one of the the beautiful opulent moments of the film. Him, Kylo Ren, talking to his father, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and hearing the Yoda theme from The Empire Strikes Back, where he's raising his X-wing, which apparently was supposed to be damaged in the Last Jedi. If you looked at it when Rey was looking down and and being confused about why is this old man that I've heard so much about uh, is so grumpy? But when you look at it in the rise of, uh, sorry, the last, uh, sorry, not the last Jedi, but the rise of Skywalker, this Sky, the, his X-Wing is completely intact. And that homage of that Yoda theme of Luke doing the same thing that he said he could not do in the Empire Strikes Back, he did it effortlessly as a Jedi Master raising that X-Wing for Rey to get off the planet off to and to go back and reclaim her place in this universe and finish things, finish things off, basically. And the last thing was seeing um, with the Rise of Skywalker was seeing Ben Solo, formerly Kylo Ren, um, and his, his mother, Leia, um, Leia Organa, basically General Leia, basically pass into, on into the Force or transcend Basically, in our world, would be basically transcending on, if if any of us out there believes in heaven, which I do, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying, that basically transcend onto a higher plane of existence, of awareness, a higher um, life force, and so in seeing them simultaneously 
transcend on it was beautiful to see that so like those three moments as i just said to you guys it was beautiful to see seeing kylo ren talk to the memory of his father han solo luke raising his x-wing when he when he thought he couldn't back in the empire strikes back in his younger self to only see him do it as an older man do it effortlessly and giving a smile to ray <laughs> I thought it was cringeworthy, but it was cool <laughs> at the same time because it was like that same. It's like you got that feeling, and when you when you like you got that feeling, it's like yeah, he got it, he gets it. Like yeah, he gets it. It's like yeah, and you know, and Ben Solo transcending on into the Force with his mother at the same time, and they and they disappeared, and all that's left was their physical. Uh, garbs, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're apparel. So, this, so that being said, as I, as I end this off, I want to say to you guys that basically, your own thoughts. You have your own thoughts about Star Wars, whether you're a big fan, you're a casual fan, or you're, or you just come into it and it's like you embrace it for what it is, and you know, and you walk away from it, and you're not totally tethered by it. You know, I don't begrudge anybody of that because we all have our investments into these properties. And like you know, they are escapism projects, and but yeah, it's to be taken seriously because these people did work hard on it. But at the same time, too, uh, whether you have people that that actually personally that professionally worked and involved in it, and you have a personal connection to these people, or you don't know them, or you aspire any of the talents to want to be a part of this project, because I always thought of myself in that way: is that if you're going to complain about it, and you have a just right soul to do that, um, do something about it. Like, make fan fiction. Because one way or another, these people are going to see what you have done. And it's like, hey. And they'll make their own systems. You'll never hear them come and comment to you. Unless you like, you you have a huge fan following. Like, you say you're on YouTube or on Instagram or any platform. And you're talking about this thing. And you're bringing, uh, bringing something to the table that gives, that gives, uh, that gives a, a reason, you know, for this thing to be, have a, you know, to, um, um, to be pushed forward, then that's granted it's true. But we live in a day, day and age where basically we have close connections to people now where we can connect, connect to people faster. And that, you know, we have the chance to, and if we have the talents, we could be a part of what what we didn't like about it. And, but, you know, and we can bring something to the table that, you know, that, 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 that gives an incentive of difference to that upset a lot of people. Not just the fact that you're doing it in a service for them, but you're doing it in a service as yourself as a fan as well, where you're bringing something to the table that intricately may have not been brought to the table yet that can infuse and, and enrich the, that property, that franchise, whatever it is, whether it's yours that you bring to the table that, you know, that has a, a connection to it that's going to influence you as that writer, that painter, that uh, filmmaker, you know, that you're the composer, uh, direct, you know, what have, whatever created it is that's that intricately in, is involved in those mediums, right? And, you know, and it's like, we, it's like, yes, and I've heard that saying that basically any fool can criticize, condemn, or complain, but at the end of it, there's got to be change from that, like moving forward, like we have the moments to complain about it. Now, are we going to do anything about it to change about it is the question, like, how are we, are we going to participate in it as a viewer? How are you like you know? How are we going to go forward in um, having have a percentage of a chance to um, 
put an investment on it by you know with you know the old adage of working hard and and getting to the place you know whether it's moving to a, the states and then you know being a part of it like you know or living here and wherever you are in the world and and and, and uh being hired to based on your your past works that that has any of that has an effective high level excellence to participate in these projects and, you know and bring you know bring bring a sense of change to it and collaborations to it which is all it ever it is because no project no one person is bigger than a project no one character is bigger or characters is bigger than a project yes characters come first but you got to have a reasonable world that justifies why those characters are in it and and have that world make sense because if you build characters you create characters and you build a world and none of them make sense you know it's like Yes, it's true, and I do that for myself as a writer. Like, I mean, I've written like five children's books, and in the time that I've written them, basically out there, um, I've had to. I've, I mean, in the beginning stages, I've always had to question, like, basically, does my characters make sense in the world that they're in, they're inhabiting, and also the sub characters that they're playing in, you know? And one book I will say I will bring up because I mean, it sounds like a plug here, but I mean, I will talk about one book um, if anybody is actually interested in it. Um, there's a book that I wrote called, um, it, it was, well, my last book that actually got published was in August of 2012, and it was called Blue Sky. And that was about a boy that basically was blind, and he was seeing the world through within his, I guess, his mind's eye, or basically within himself, I guess. Uh, one could say spiritually, but it was more, it was more like, it, one could say, look, like you could say it's esoteric, but really it was just a metaphor of basically how... We trust our intuition, and this boy was seeing him seeing the world through within himself, because the world reflects the world outside of us reflects what's actually it's what's happening within us, right? Which is really true in a sense too. It's not my truth, but it's a fact of the world. It's just that it depends on in our life experiences when we come to understand that and learn that, or maybe never, you know. But we always often run into people that in that in that one moment in, in the time that. We're looking, we're searching for an answer to the things that we're not getting that that concrete, undiluted truth. We, we often enough in happenstance or in serendipitous fashion, whether it's uh, through a book or a person that we connect with in that moment and we never see them again, or we hear it uh, through a speech, or we, you know, whatever it may be, and it had, and it will happen to us. I mean, that's a guaranteed thing. It's just a matter of do we how, how open you are to it. Um, that it's there's a change. There's a change. There's a change. And so in Blue Sky, I just I know from that that I had that, and that just harks back to my 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 influence to to Star Wars. Too, because I mean I, I'm greatly thankful that George Lucas brought that you I mean like many people in life because I was a kid that I mean even to this day basically I mean there are some things I will buy for Star Wars I mean because I'm a fan of it and it's for posterity purposes you know and I hope to pass it down to whenever I I do actually have kids um for myself um where uh but that being said I mean it 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 has changed the world. It's changed a lot of things, you know. And it's again, it's it's escapist uh, entertainment. But at the end of but out of all of this, what it's taking to be seriously as a fan, and maybe us as fans don't see it that way. But I mean, like it depends on who we are. But but I've I've come to learn through 
the professional side of things, I mean, on the other side of the fence, and again, that doesn't make me better than you guys who is listening to this. What I'm saying is that when you when you sit yourself on the on that opposite side of the fence and you try to see it from that the shoes of the people who are there, is that yeah, it is still to be respected from the professional because yes, it's entertainment and it's escapist enjoyment. Right when we're in that construct of going to the theater or sitting at home and, and you're watching it through a stream service or you bought it on DVD or Blu-ray or you're listening into an audiobook, is that when you're seeing it from the opposite side of those, it is there is some respect given that should be given to those people because they did work hard on it and. And as much as those people who worked hard on it, from uh, the gaffers to the best boys to the sound editors to the to the um, the foley the foley artists to you know to the to the violinist to the celloist uh, to um, you know to um, to even to the conductor music con- uh, music composer you know and and, and that's grantedly at the top peak yes to the film director the the screenwriter the you know the the dp the the line producer the associate producer the first ad the first you know the first assistant director to the, the main cast everybody worked hard on this we really don't know how hard these people work on these productions and and of all things yeah we can be vitriol about it. We can all things, and we have the right to do that at the end of the day. But yeah, but one thing is for certain: out of all of this, if we can take a step back and realize that we are tethered to this based on our investment to these projects, based on as fandom, and if we ever get the chance to work on these projects based on a professional side, and we have the talents to do it, I say to you guys, do it. I would do it. Because I mean, I, I, I mean, that's the reason why I actually started writing when I was eighteen. Is that because I wanted to bring something to the table to the literature world that you know I had something to say, and I remember in the phase one of my literature, I of my writing career, I brought like five children's books to the table from two thousand eight to twenty twelve. That I didn't imagine. I mean, I've had friends that told me, and the people that I've never met before tell me that oh my, the title of my books sound like something that you would have saw on TVO. And and I said I didn't know these books these projects were out there, but they have nothing to do with what these um, co- um, this company or these creators actually have created. It's entirely different, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's nice to get compared, but you know when you read stuff, when you read the books, they have nothing to do with them. And that's the same thing with any other writer out there, whether um, lowly or highly successful. Right? Success comes from I, is defined by basically the creation of the project. The, you know, because you completed it, you've done it, and it's hard uh, when you're doing it based on, like, not the craft of doing it, it's like, it's just making sure you're consistent about creating that project and completing it, and that was a major thing throughout my life, uh, I, I've i come to master, and yes, it's a challenge to create that project when it comes to, because there's always something evolving and changing organically in that project you're creating. So I can only imagine what what it would have been like, what it could have been like for George Lucas in the mind-blowing effect that it had on him creating Star Wars, or what J.R.R. Tolkien or J.K. Rowling or J. G. Um, George R.R. R. Martin, or you know, or Neil Gaiman or Ursula Guin, you know, or any of these people that created their books that have created, or even you know, the filmmakers, you know, like um, Catherine. 
Catherine Bigelow, James Cameron, Denny Villeneuve, um, you know, uh, Christopher Nolan, Tim Burton, you know, Deborah Chow, like any of these people that are coming, that are going forward, creating new projects, anything at all, you know, I mean, or even the imagine of the, the great artist of Emily Carr, like, like creativity is within all of us. It depends on what we're doing, what we're creating. Do like, do we share it with the world? Do we keep it within ourselves? And you know what? No one can fault you if you didn't share it with the world. If you shared it with the close knit community of people that you're with, you're sharing it. And th and that's the greatest thing of all that we can give to the world. So, as I end this podcast, I want to say to any of you, uh, to everyone of you out there that's listening, that you know what? With the culture of Star Wars, I, pers I perspectively, and that's just my views, of course, Star Wars isn't dead. It could still be a major event. It's just going to, I, I think, in this, the essence of it, both fan and also one that aspires to one day want to contribute to that franchise. And that's just my big secret out there if anybody doesn't know that. I know I haven't said that to certain friends of mine, but I mean, I've said to some, but a couple of them out there. That, yeah, I do want to professionally contribute to Disney, but I have to work my butt off to get there, and I will. It's just a matter of what capacity I can contribute to it on a scale, whether it's being a voice actor or it's being a writer. But I'd hope at some point in time that I can contribute, paying my dues to contribute on those two levels. But that will take time. But what I wanted to say um, from that, what not uh, from not sounding like I'm going off on a tangent or in that area of that space is that basically you know star it, it just has to be turned it has to be a new type of major event for it to be evident in the um, the mass market basically and you know and to, to whoever and however it is for anybody out here for star wars it didn't have to be that it was for this original trilogy but unfortunately it's evolved into being something very divided divided when it didn't have to be because it was always inclusive and it's and if you're sitting because it's all about enjoying these people and these people that are being created within this world and the stories that are being told in the universe and if we can't enjoy that then you know then then you know it's, it's very sad then what's the point of telling these stories about these characters what's the point of having these world you know just for the sake of creating it. I mean, that's the waste of these creators' times and it's a waste of us as fans. We want stuff that's good, right? And yes, there's been people that have complained that, you know, we didn't get this, that they didn't get what they wanted. And when I'm saying we, I meant in the fact that um, I didn't include myself in that because I'm not saying I was better than them. It's just as a person watching it from an outsider perspective, it was very sad to see that basically that there were very, a lot of people that were sad and they, and they had to do, and they had to, rightly so to complain about it you know but i but i hope at the end of, out of all of this that they did that they at some point will say take a step back and realize this was a moment in time moments belong to moments we never really have license to it because moments are fleeting when it comes to these things like that when it comes to entertainment when it comes to personable thing personal stuff that's that's evolving as we age and we go older. We hold to that. We hold on to that more than we do hold on to things that have been created by other people. Yes, it's a, it's a part of our lives. And like I said, out of all of this, it's like our investment into it and how we invest our time to it because we are giving our time to have it in our lives. Is that and the evolution of technology and how we can contribute to it at a level that we couldn't 
back in the uh you know when people who were you know that could have wanted to be a part of this back in the 80s and 90s where we have it now to connect with these people that you know that are involved in these projects through social media and through connection of other professional means you know not face-to-face skin-on-skin contact means that you know we have the chance and it, like at the end of out of all this let's just make sure we have something to say about it and we have something really important to think uh, to contribute it i mean i will not lie to you that basically yes there is a twofold effect to it and there are five ways to see this based on the level of how we are the viewership is right and you know like always out of all of this let's all of us at some point take a step back and realizes that what is our investment to it besides just the minimal scale of the fandom like we're, we're investing in it we put in two hours like you know take it a step further this is just my suggestion to you guys. Take it in the threefold perspective of like, yeah, you're lost in it. And then in that moment as a person, then you pull yourself back and you realize that you're watching yourself watching that. And then your third step back is like, you're aware. It's like that CCTV viewpoint of like, you're looking down at yourself, watching your next uh, cell of a, a shell of um, cell, like, I mean, you know, cell of yourself watching that tube, that screen, and then that essence of yourself within that world, which is the first person perspective, you're encapsulated by it. If we if we see it in that way, it's amazing because our view our view of things in that space would be tremendously different. And that's always that thing, that second and person perspective of like like the first perspective when we read something, we're within it. And we pull pull ourselves out of it. It's a second person's perspective, basically, right? So, but it's within us, you know? So, but that being said, um, it's just amazing, you know? Like, you know, Star Wars is a beautiful franchise with any other franchise that has been passed, that's been uh, happening in the last two, two and a half decades. We live in great times. This is a new golden age. Like with anything with video games out there, with movies, television, literature, we live in great times. And if we can contribute to these pro- these projects, and we have the talent based on, and I say that, and we contribute to it, and we have the talents by creating fan fictions, we are void void um vo- uh, voting. It may not be with our wallets, but we are voting with our creativity, and with our voice, and with our creativity, that is a voice. We should never forget that because we are participating in the world and as and if we don't want to be seen in the world that way that's our choice that you know no there's nothing wrong with that but we live in an age that basically where we we can get mad about it and upset about it and duly so we have the right about it but out of all of it make sure that what you are and i say this as a suggestion and that's all it really is i'm not telling you guys what to do but in terms of like yeah you must do this no a suggestion is just an option right and I know we're all wise to that. What I'm saying is that the option, what of an option is, is that my understanding after so many years of understand of of learning is that that if we're voting with our wallet, we're voting with the fact is that but we accept the content that they're presenting with us. If we want to make a change and we have the talents to it and we want to make the investment to it, by all means, more power, do it. 
right? This is not a revolution. This is not a militant stance on anything. It's the fact is that there's we can complain so much, and I can I, and I say this I can include myself as well because I've been mad at things that are like you know what like I wish they didn't do that but you know what like make sure that you know and as as I say as a suggestion that if you want to make that change and you have the talent and you have the means and you really want to invest in no matter what that medium is that that you can contribute to it that hasn't been that hasn't been put out there and you can see yourself in collaboration with these people by working hard you know doing you know and at times yeah you know you're gonna have to walk down that road sometimes alone to get there but knowing that we're never alone in this entire world uh to connecting on that scale when it comes to the professional aspect of it do it i say do it because you can do it like i said but it all depends on your investment on what you want to entertain and what you just want to idly let by and, and allow that what it is but i you know and voting with your wallet is fine you can choose to want to what buy the content physically download the torrents or just you know watch it as an uh as an invisible bystander that basically enjoys it for what it is and you know and realize yeah i'm tethered to only to the fact that i enjoy what i entertain into my life and that's all it really is you know and let's move on to the next thing and all of us in our in this world there are people that do that there are people that don't accept that there are people that just don't get it that they don't you know what and that's fine but and that's the thing that in our world is that's been breeding so much is that basically when it comes to pop culture entertainment and tolerance of acceptance that stepping back and seeing it in the second third purpose person perspective then always being Yes, we're always first and foremost in that first-person mode when we're feeling things. By my suggestion, in that second and third-person perspective, and try to see it from that CCTV perspective camera view. If we can at least look at things in that way when we're in the midst of things, whether we get in conflict with people or, you know, and we have to take stand, you know, and we have to take a breath of space to be away and we're in another environment and we're doing something different and we reflect in that moment and we're taking that second person perspective back and then that third person perspective back and looking at things we all we will look at things in different and that's the one thing I wanted to quote I want to quote which I very much um, respect from one of my mentors um, from a great distance has said this and it's Wayne Dyer and he died um, a couple of years ago which is true and i hold very much to this tenant and often enough maybe many of us learn it and maybe as us maybe never get to hear it is that when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change which is so true you reverse it you reverse it so on that note i will talk to you guys then again um, the, I just want to let you guys know in this podcast, basically for in depth, I will be uploading episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So don't miss out on it. And I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I'll talk to you Wednesday. Bye.